Welcome everybody to Touching Bases Podcast. This is the first one actually in studio. Um, the first episode was not um, exactly what I was going for as far as um, as far as a pod- podcast opening, but um, it's January 2nd, so hopefully everybody had a great New Year's and also a Merry Christmas as we've been building up to get this whole place ready. We're not entirely put together, but you know what? The year started and there's too much to talk about to not review everything. First things first, for a very unscripted podcast like this, I would like to get more into the the um, the scripted nature of this of this show. But um, the big thing is going to be the Mariners, at least for this podcast, because that's my favorite team. That's who I root for, and also it seems that I've become a huge fan when I'm living in Arizona of the Diamondbacks and being only a short drive from San Diego and going to a lot of Padres games. By the way, if you guys have not been to Petco Park. Um, take the opportunity to go to Pepco Park. Um, but the biggest news, of course, because it was a major drought for pretty much all of the offseason up until Christmas Eve, was Mitch Garver signing with the Mariners. Now, um, Mitch signed a $24 million deal for two years I with an option for a third year. I, I'm going to guess because we don't know if he's going to stay healthy. I think that's been the going thing that everybody's been talking about for at least um, the last couple weeks and, and big concerns. But... Um, uh, him being designated as only a DH instead of a catcher because we already have Cal Raleigh there and he has a backup. So um, that should keep him healthy given his age. But being with Texas, he obviously put big numbers on the board. He was a, he was when he got injured, he got moved to be the DH position in which that I think accelerated their offense, which pushed them into the World Series. I don't think anybody knew that Texas was going to go to the World Series this year, besides Texas Ranger fans, who, of course, want that to happen. Like any Mariner fan hopes that the Mariners will go to the World Series maybe once ever. Stanton. But I think the addition to having a designated DH for this team is going to be a huge addition Given the fact that we've cut so much payroll, we've lost three out of the five bats that I think most people would consider our heart of the lineup. We lost Kellenic, we lost Gino, and uh, we got rid of Evan White, who was a prospect that was supposed to be from originally from the Angels draft, and we got him. But his performance in the minors and also in 2020 was pretty bad. So that was uh, something I was looking forward to to see if he'd have, finally have a breakthrough season. And also, of course. Uh, Teoscar Hernandez. So <laughs> everybody is. I look. I understand on paper, it was probably best to not re-sign Teoscar Hernandez. I get it. I was a huge fan of him. I loved watching him when he was with the Blue Jays. I loved watching him as a Mariner. Um, did he let me down most of the time? Yes. Also, so did Julio Rodriguez. And he's our flagship player of baseball. But I miss Teoscar already. Now, he's still a free agent. I don't think we're going to bring him back um, because I'm pretty sure that DePoto made a rule on next season. And given the stats of what we let go, his rule of thumb was nobody who strikes out near 30% of the time is going to be on the team. On a business perspective, I get it. 
does it suck for the fans who really like these players like Gino Suarez, who was, I think, one of the biggest core guys in the clubhouse as far as the new guys coming in and just keeping a positive morale and keeping everybody going um, alongside, you know, Rodriguez and um, and Crawford. But um, that's kind of a big loss. And from what I've seen so far, um, anybody who we trade to the Diamondbacks turns into a stud. Like I'm talking stud, Cattell Marte. Uh, Kyle Lewis, um, who else? Paul Sewell did fantastic over there until probably the very end of the, the playoffs. But um, I still like him. He still has a ton of friends that are in uh, Seattle as well. And so he talks highly of Seattle. But um, even his remarks mentioned uh, in an interview, I believe, with Foul Territory uh, podcast, which <laughs> he, he kind of hinted like if we don't start paying our players people aren't going to be sticking around especially if we keep doing budget cuts uh the Mariners kind of felt them found themselves in a position where everybody was scared that the network failure with with warner brothers backing out of ownership and production of root sports that now that the mariners have taken over it's going to cause a money drought um so there's a lot of issues with this. Last year, our budget for the Mariners was about 115 million, give or take. I should probably look that up exactly, but um, 115 million. And then Jerry Depoto comes at the end of the season after we have an All Star game, after they buy the Pyramid Brewery and they make it themselves and they make it their own, and they are basically generating a lot more money. If you've been to a Mariners game, it's 50 to 75 dollars a park near the stadium, and that is in the garage which is owned by the mariners it jerry depoto put out that after that season we're going to be at a payroll of 140 million which is a pretty big upgrade and then everybody starts saying well you're going to lose your your newscast so that's going to cost some money yeah it's probably going to run about 20 to 35 million to run your own uh setup as far as a production company and taking over root sports but that income will projectively go up because you are now in full control of that network and all of the ad revenue that you get from that and wherever you decide to decipher it out is now up to you and you get that income so you're not losing money in the long run and then also you just had the all-star game you made a ton of money so i don't believe that it's a money issue um, I think it's a good excuse once again for Stanton and the rest of the ownership to not fork up any money because it seems like we're trying to be the Rays who get really good prospects, play them for a couple of years, and then when they want more money, they send them off to somewhere else. And that's where they're kind of sitting with Rosie, uh, Randy Rosarena and where he's going to go before his contract ends because that's why everybody's talking about a trade with him because then maybe we could pick him up. But I think we should keep in mind that our ownership is very similar and we should maybe slow down on our expectations, like talking about Solaire getting picked up. Um, that might happen in the future. I think Garver was a good pickup for us, and I think that he um, truly – will add to the lineup, uh, giving his stats if he's able to stay healthy. And even if he doesn't, um, and we at least get him for half a season, that's still going to be an upgrade considering his strikeout rate was significantly less. And I think that's what Jared DePoto is really paying attention to. Uh, strikeout rates. Jared Kelenek last season won a 31.7% strikeout rate. He was great. 
in the outfield, good defensive player, and we need someone like that. But if, when we can't generate any offense, like it doesn't matter how many runs you try to save in that one corner of the outfield. So, um, I mean, that's it, pretty that's pretty common sense, at least at that point. But I mean, he did put up decent decent numbers for the most part. I mean, eleven home runs, forty four runs batted in. Uh, sorry, forty nine runs batted in. Um, it, not much of a stolen base guy, but I mean, his WRC plus was only a 108 last year, and he's only projected to do 101 next season. So him going to the Braves probably good for them. They did they they probably just want a full cycle of the outfield. But also, I don't think he thought very highly of the ownership in Seattle. Uh, he's made a lot of um, tweets and um, silent jabs at the ownership. Um, basically kind of casting them out of everything that he's thankful for. So, um, and it sounds like he's super happy to be in Atlanta. And I think that's a big, um, that's a big upside. So I'm happy for him. I'm, I'm sorry it didn't work out here. And I, I think a lot of the fans are a little upset that um, it didn't work out. And he wasn't in the best of moods and wasn't in the best of spirits being on this team. Not because of the team itself or the fan base. I don't think it has anything to do with Depoto specifically or any management under him. But I, I don't know. I'm not exactly sure. I don't think it came down to the on-field crew, anybody that's in the dugout during the game. Um, so that's kind of a big... Um, I, it's a it's a loss, but I, I think it fell into those schematics. And, I mean, we even saw his strikeout rate back in 2022 was 33%. So we gave him a chance, and he cut it down by 2%. But... Mm. Yeah, 2022, 141 batting average, and then last year he was able to pull together um, a 253 batting average. Now, granted, in AAA, because we sent him down last year, he bought he batted a 306. So um, I I think he's almost there, but it's not going to be for us. It's going to be for the Braves, and good for good for the Braves. I mean, they're able to to kind of pick that up. Projections as far as what the Mariners are going to do next is very up in the air. I think at this point, um, we have we have very few options as far as budget, as far as our goal. I think we need an outfielder, um, mainly left field. I don't think Canzone is really that bad. I think he's got good morale. I think he's good for the clubhouse, and he showed himself in the in the second half of the season to to be a little bit more clutch and come through accordingly like he should um but the issue is going to be the left side of the outfield i don't think ken zone is going to be playing left field much i figured he'd probably be taking right field if if i were to guess um yeah, that's that's what I'm gonna go with. Then we need somebody with a good glove in the outfield. We need that that trifecta of an outfield defense. You have Julio in the center, but and Canzone I think will be will be fine. I don't know about defensively. Um, I don't I I don't feel like he's been tested enough. I think he did okay when he was in in Arizona, um, but uh, I I do know that we need a bat and we need a left field. And that might be Solaire. That's what everybody's talking about. Obviously, um, he may be within the budget. I, I mean, honestly, with them claiming that they're only going to be spending whatever the revenue is from what we cut, when I mean, you're looking at 13 million left per year, and I'm pretty sure Solaire's looking for like 16 or 18. Um, other options like Cody Bellinger, not a hell of a chance. There's no way. Um, 
there's no way that he is going to be coming to Seattle unless there's some sort of breakthrough and Stan's like, yeah, you know what? We're going to we're going to make an extra hundred mil this year since we took over Root Sports or whatever excuse he might have to spend money randomly. Maybe because he has a target on his back because Mariner fans are pissed up to this point. He's not an option. Um, I think our infield is going to be left alone for the rest of the season or offseason, I should say. Uh, Rojas, I think he's promising um for second base he he wasn't bad he wasn't great but he wasn't bad bottom of the order kind of bad i think he'd be good ty france i don't think he's going anywhere but man if we were able to get get re hoskins mm, i'm just saying i'm just saying um i wouldn't like to see ty france go but um, his batting performance last year was pretty, pretty disappointing. Um, so I'm, I mean, I'm a fan of Ty. I really, I really am. But, um, yeah, unless, unless we were to get rid of, of Ty France, we're probably not going to get Reed Hoskins, especially now that we have Garver for the DH just does, doesn't make any sense. Um, Luis Urias, 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 I think it's Urias. I'm Sorry for messing up your name. Not who I would want at third. <laughs> I can tell you that. Um, but I'm just going to go off on the limb and say, okay, there's a possibility that he is going to bounce back. I think he was with the Brewers before he was with the Red Sox and before he got injured. So he's pretty much injured for most of the Red Sox time that he was there. And so... Um, him going, him coming to Seattle and being healthy, uh, I think would, would really help, um, at least the, that corner defensively. I, I think that he'll do good, but we, if we can get that, that not a huge power bat, but a very good contact bat, uh, from when he was with the Brewers, then this could be a breakout season for him. I'm trying to be optimistic because it's been pretty negative whenever I see, um, people talking about the Mariners on any other podcast. I don't want to call them out specifically. You know who you are, these transactions. And then also the lack of transactions. I think that we, we have a system where it's, we give everybody a chance. Now, is that a winning formula? No, no, it's not. But I completely understand why we might go that route, especially if we can get the coaching we need. And I think we did with Brand Brown coming from the Marlins because I think he single-handedly is the reason why Solaire hit so well this year. In fact, all of their batters hit so well this year for the Miami Marlins. It was pretty insane to watch, and um, he has worked with some of the best of the best. I believe he was with the Dodgers in the past, so he's worked with uh, with J.D. Martinez. He's worked, I believe, with Freddie Freeman. He has worked with a lot of the top guys out there that are that are really showing it in the stats whether it's because of him or he got lucky with the more the most talent um i think that's that's up for debate but um i think we have a shot at having better bats in our system given that we have brent brown now in our uh what was it like offensive coordinator for which is a football term i don't know why we're making up new positions in baseball um coaching but today it was announced that someone spotted james paxton at the kraken uh i don't even know it's a kraken it's just the the winter uh 
the what was it winter national? I don't know hockey. I don't I don't know hockey. This is confusing the shit out of me. Hockey. I didn't even spell hockey right. Hockey. Uh, he's at T-Mobile with like Marshawn Lynch and all these guys. What is it called? The Crown took definite the Stanley Cup champion. Okay, no, I, Winter Classic. That's Winter Classic. I don't know much about hockey or anything like that, but I know that James Paxton, he had his perfect game here in Seattle. He he made a he made a name for himself here. He has friends. He has residents here. He went to go play for the Yankees, kind of turned into, he got injured, turned into a bust um, a little bit, but we all know that deep down behind all the injuries, he's a good pitcher. Do I think he's here in town in the owner's booth talking to Mariner officials about coming to back to Seattle. No, no, no. I I think he has a connection to Seattle. Um, I I think that he is coming here to enjoy himself, talk to old friends, be with people that he cares about, and enjoy a hockey game. I guess because hockey's cool. Um, I've been gone from Seattle for four years and I just came back and um, magically there's a um, there's a there's a hockey team here. And I guess everybody loved hockey forever. I went to a couple Thunderbirds game. I never saw anybody talking about the Thunderbirds. So I don't I don't know. It doesn't make sense to me. But anyways, him showing up at T-Mobile Park, talking to the owners or talking to people, seeing people he used to used to work with, used to play with. Um, I don't think that's a sign that we're going to be signing him. And, and honestly, if we did, it would be a setup for a trade for a bat on it. I don't see why we would bring in a seventh starting pitcher to our bullpen with the few bit of money that we have. And you know, he's going to be asking for some money because he's not a bad player. He's been getting good contracts in the past. So, I don't see it. If someone sees something that I don't, please let me know in the comments. Tell me how stupid I am. I don't I don't mind. And I, I hate to do this, but if you can, hey, video number two, first one in the studio. If you can uh, subscribe to the channel, you don't have to like the video. I understand. I get it. I hate it when people ask me to like, subscribe and comment. But if you can subscribe and then I would love to get your input. So if you can watch the later videos, you can tell me how stupid I am, how much you think I'm right, how much you disagree, agree, or um, maybe just take on new perspectives because I try to get a little bit of a different angle as far as uh, things that are going on in the MLB. Um, outside of the Mariners, he's been up on my screen here for probably <laughs> like the last five minutes. Shohei Otani, everybody already knows about this. He got picked up by, by the Dodgers um, with a 10-year, $700 million deal. with, <laughs> But deferred for 10 years is $68 million per year. So they're paying him $2 million, the the MLB minimum. $2 million a year for the next 10 years. And then they got to pay 68 after he's long gone or at least well out of his prime. I didn't know you could do this, <laughs> but I guess you can. This is kind of like wall street, like finding loopholes. Um, it's, I think a lot of people are mad because that means that other teams could have had him. Um, I think it makes people super excited that are Dodgers fans. Um, because they get him for 10 years, the next Babe Ruth, but just from Japan. Um, if he stays healthy, if he can perform, 
um, he is going to be an amazing figure. Like he, he already is, but good pickup on the Dodgers. Um, and then good strategy because, um, at least for the next 10 years, you're looking at a star player. And I feel like they, they were that opened the door up for them to go get Yamamoto, which they did. Um, I believe his was a 10 year, 325 million. I don't know if any of that was deferred, um, but he basically got two players for one. Um, and then picking up glass now, um, I thought that's actually a mistake, like on a huge level, le- uh, huge level. Uh, but they, they trade away Papeo, um, who is an insanely good pitcher. I don't know why you would get rid of him. He's up and coming. I'm pretty sure that the, the Rays are going to probably utilize him very well and probably be one of the best pitchers that they have in their rotation. Um, Glasnow was a, I didn't say was and is, a huge injury risk. Yeah, he's incredibly good when he's on top of things, but um, him staying healthy is... Uh, I don't see it. I really don't see it. I don't think it was a good trade for the Dodgers. I think they could have gone out and got Cease. Um, they could have picked up, um, maybe gone out and got uh, Shane Bieber. Um, they could have caught out and got a lot more healthy and promising arms out there. So um, th- I think that was their big mistake was was the Dodgers uh, on the Dodgers end. They've, so far, they've been buying up the market and getting everybody that they could possibly need, and it's been the highlight of this whole offseason. They've been spending money like crazy. I think they spent like $1.04 billion this offseason, and the rest of the MLB has – the rest of the MLB, the rest of every other team combined has spent like $870 million. Ten years from now, when they're going to have to start paying $68 million a year to show, to show hey, <laughs> they're going to suck. Another big trade would be the Yankees, of course. Um, you know, the Dodgers bought their team, and they're following footsteps with the Yankees, and I think the Yankees are continuing to do it. Yankees haven't won a World Series. They've even gone to a World Series, I think, in like 10 years, 10-plus 10 years, 15 years, something like that. I know that solely from the Locked On podcast for MLB mentioned this a little bit. Um, but uh, they picked up Soto. They spent the money. They got him. Um, obviously, he was a dud in, in San Diego. I loved going to so – I went to so many games last season in San Diego. It was so much fun. That's a great stadium to go to. I cannot emphasize that enough. And it's a fun team to watch. But – um, man, did they drop? They just didn't perform. Um, and an amazing team too. And I don't know what the hell this next season is going to look like, but yeah, they lost a lot of people. They lost a lot of people. I'm just saying. Um, so Soto's going to New York. What's he going to be like in New York? I don't know. He's still going to be have a shaved face. Nothing's going to change there. Um, I don't know if his performance is going to go up. It's not. From, I mean, this the new stadium. I'm saying new because I haven't paid attention to the Yankees in a long time. But I don't think it's a hitter's, hitter's field. I'm pretty sure it's a more of a pitcher's field, just like the last one. Um, but I don't know. I, I'm a huge fan of Soto. I got a lot of Soto um, memorabilia and stuff like that. I'm a big fan of him. So I really do hope he does good over there. Um, do I hope the Yankees do well? No, no, but, um, I never liked the Yankees. Um, I've never liked this buy your team mentality that I grew up seeing. They also, they, they bought up people that were, um, they just, they just spent the money on the talent and they didn't really care about their clubhouse as an organization. They really, they really don't. Um, Jeter and, and A-Rod are reportedly are known to have hated each other for a long time 
time. Jeter hated him, and and A Rod was a was a cheater. He's kind of a he was kind of a piece of piece of shirt. They they bring in whoever they want, even if it's good or bad for the team. They just spend their money on whoever costs the most, and then they they used to be a winning formula. Now you spend a ton of money, and they don't seem to win anything. It's got to work. The clubhouse morale really has to work. But I also see the Padres. They got a lot of pitchers, and they um. You know they needed pitching. I think it, I think it worked out for the Padres. I think it was really good. Um, they, they're not not entirely no names, but they're definitely players that are not making headlines. But they do they do perform. They do perform. So I think that's good for the Padres. That was a, it was a good trade for them. It kind of rolls into the uh, next part, which is um, Verdugo finally left um, the Red Sox. He's going to be going to. So Verdugo goes going to the Yankees. He's going to have to shave his face, and he's going to look more like a troll than ever. Um, he's kind of got a bad fucking attitude, if I can. If I can. I can't. I shouldn't be saying that on the podcast. Um, he's kind of got a bad attitude. He's kind of got this, like, um, very self-absorbed kind of vibe from the interviews I've seen from these tweets that he's put it out. Put it out. Put put out. And I'm not a huge fan of Verdugo. I think he's, he's a good player, but... Um, and again, this is just kind of feeding in more to like New York just buys players that look good and fit well for them. They don't really care about how the clubhouse looks. So maybe maybe a good place. Um, him, uh, Alex Cora, the manager of the Red Sox, butted heads pretty hard. There's a lot of a lot of talk that went back and forth about how um, <laughs> basically how Alex Cora can't really manage very well. So a lot of bad blood and public stuff that they're kind of putting out that I don't agree with and i don't think it was appropriate um and then of course uh, uh papabon decided to get on to uh twitter and <laughs> call him a bitch <laughs> multiple times yeah, it's just uh it's just the the rivalry between the red Sox and yankees are back it's it's kind of crazy they needed three pitchers they got three pitchers out of it um the Red Sox were able to pick up uh, the right-handers Richard Fitz and Greg Weissert. I probably said that wrong. And then uh, Nicholas Justice or uh, Judas. Uh, and uh, that's, you know, that's great. Um, good for them, I guess. I don't know anything about these pitchers, but um, again, they did need pitching pretty bad. So that brings me into the Chris Sale Von Grissom trade that the Red Sox were able to trade Chris Sale, who did suffer some injury a little bit um the last couple of years uh but he he's always been a fantastic pitcher especially with the white Sox. he he did amazing and then also in the uh, i believe it was in the world series with the red Sox as well um good pitcher going to the braves braves needed somebody next to strider and i think that was a really good transaction um and the red Sox are able to get vaughn grissom and vaughn grissom is a stud i think he's amazing i honestly wouldn't want to to get rid of him if I were the Braves, but the Braves again are making a lot of transactions that I was not, <laughs> I wasn't expecting, and I'm still scratching my head about Carpenter. And I, I don't have any information to really dig into that. So, um, so yeah, this is and, and forgive me, guys. This is a lot of catching up to do over, over the past like two months of just trades and acquisitions versus me just getting on here and talking about one thing at a time. Gris, Grissom is going to be good. It's going to be great for the Red Sox. They needed a position player. They needed a bat. Grissom's going to be a star there. I know he will. Um, it makes me like the Red Sox a little bit more. Um, which So I'm team Red Sox over the Yankees, at least at this point. Um, uh, I do respect a lot of the players that are on the Yankees, though. 
Quickly, I wanted to go over the Royals because I think they've been flying under the radar. I, I want to give props to the Royals because they've been making a lot of really good moves, at least in the month of December. Um, they, God, they've done a lot. So since, let's see, November, the Royals originally traded Jackson Coer and uh, to the Atlanta Braves, who then in that transaction were moved to Seattle in order to get Kellenek. So that was like a preemptive plan from Atlanta. Uh, Coer, it's like the worst pitcher in baseball. So, yay, Mariners. They picked up a lot of people. They traded, sorry, the Royals signed uh, Seth Lugo, their three-year $45 million contract, which is going to boost their their pitching. Lugo was pretty pretty damn good for, for the Padres, at least when I went to the games and saw him pitch. He was really good, and the stats are, yeah, you know, they're they're all right, but the Royals pitching right now, that's, that's going to be a huge upgrade. They signed Chris Stratton, with, who was with the Rangers. They traded away Taylor Clark, which moved up Seth Lugo into the rotation for sure. Uh, and Oh, yeah, and then they picked up Hunter Renfro, a two-year $13 million deal from the Angels. So that's an outfield bet that's going to be huge. He, he's he been a long time coming. I think, the, I think the Angels, I went to a couple, I went to a Angels game last year, and I was following them quite a bit because, um, because Pebbles is my, uh, my, go-to source she she uh she knows the angels like the back of her hand that's her team renfro like he's gonna i think he's gonna break through i think he's gonna be a really good spot for the royals i think you should pay attention to that for a bat and then they also signed uh michael waka for a two-year uh 32 million dollar deal like this pitching is starting to look really elite in kansas city i'm i'm, I'm expecting the royals to add a couple more bats because obviously they added to the pitching staff i, I mean i don't want to say i'm completely talking out of my ass here but they were they're pretty they're pretty we're doing pretty good they're doing a pretty good job at least at this point last but not least will be the orioles move and they are able to sign a one-year deal with craig crimble from the phillies now what happened in the playoffs with kim kimbrell was uh hard to watch but um I believe that he, what is he posting now? So, I mean, he's he's been recorded as one of the best closers in baseball, at least up to this point. And I don't blame him because at least in the last eight-year stretch, it's been like a 1.97 ERA and a .91 whip. I mean, he had a strikeout rate of like, I, I think it was like 15, close to 15 strikeouts per nine innings, which if you're a closer, I mean, it's, it's crazy. And it's all, he only has like a fastball and curveball combo and he's able to pull this off. So shit's nasty. Like it's really good. So the Phillies posted a 3.26 ER, which is not typically is not good for a closer who's coming in for one inning. You mean you're averaging three runs per inning per every time you go out there. And that's in, and he, but he saved 23 games and struck out 94 batters, 69 uh, regular season innings. So 69 games he, he appeared in, 23 of them he saved, but he gave up an average of three runs. Um, I don't know if he's falling off the bandwagon. I don't know if he's losing his stuff. I don't know if that arm hang that he does when he's coming in isn't scary anymore to, to batters or what's going on. But the Orioles pick him up. Sign one year deal. I, oh no, that's right. So, so uh, Batista, the closer for the Orioles, he he had Tommy drawn, and that, I mean, I don't think he's gonna be back for next year. So it kind of makes sense that they picked up Kimbrel, especially since their star-studded bats are all rookies and they're all 
super inexpensive. So why not go and spend some money on getting a good closer um, when yours is out for the season, especially for one year. That makes sense because if he's just going to be out for one year, it's a temporary replacement and, and he's available. So, yeah, I mean, good on the Orioles. I mean, I, I just hope that he's not going to continue at averaging three runs per inning because if you're coming in for a save, boy, um, you're not saving the game. 23 out of 60-something appearances, that's pretty rough. So that's it I'm going to have for you guys today. I appreciate you guys tuning into the Touching Bases podcast. This is basically episode two, but I want to say episode one. And um, I hopefully you guys enjoyed it. And we will see you on the next one. Don't forget to subscribe. If you liked the video, like it. If you dislike it, dislike it. And leave a comment on why and tell me how terrible of a job I did. In that case, we will see you tomorrow, most likely. I'm glad we got to cover all this. See ya. <laughs>